and welcome to the first episode of Creeps Man Nuts. I am your humble host. Thank you for joining me. This story that I bring to you is true and terrifying. True life crime. A story of two girls abducted and killed in my local area. This going back to the early 70s. I will change the names of the victims as well as some locations. Like I said, this is a disturbing tale. On the 16th of July 1972, Amber Mack and Jane Lowley were best friends, playing at one another's houses. They lived close and local to each other, and it was just a regular evening. However, the weather was exceptionally grey and dull. But it was on this night that they would not be seen again. Alive. Amber's mother had asked the two girls to do some errands. Uh, she needed some milk, bread, and told the girls if they got a few bits that they could stop at the local chip shop and bring home four bags of chips to share around. So the girls said, yeah, no problem. It's it's not too bad. It's only lightly raining at the time. Um, her mother gave Jane and Amber a red umbrella and some bags to put the bits in. Neither the girls nor Amber's mother expected them to be more than half an hour or 45 minutes if they dawdled, but who would want to dawdle in this weather? The weather wasn't deterring the kids. Like I said again, it was only lightly raining when the girls left the house, but it would be the worst night that anyone would remember for the weather. It turned dark, grey and torrential. And that is probably a key point as to why the two young girls decided to accept a lift of a friend. The girls first headed to an off-licence to get the bread and milk for Amber's mother, and then they would proceed to go to the nearest chippy that was at Morgan Street. The estimated time at this point would have been 8.30, and the weather had turned. It was torrential. The girls were getting soaked, and, well, the quicker they got their chips, the quicker they could try and get home or even catch a bus. So the girls did make it to the chip shop and placed their order and left and proceeded on their way. But it was at that point that they were stopped by a friend, a friend that knew Amber and who'd lived close and had even talked and spoken to her father on many occasions. He convinced the girls and said, look, you both look like a pair of drowned rats. You can get home quicker if I give you a lift. And besides, you know, he probably said those chips are going to get cold. I mean, you know me, it's safe. Come on, don't be silly about this. And the girls both agreed with each other. We know this guy. He's going to take us straight home. No no worries. No problem. The next day, their bodies would be found by a 72-year-old man that was out walking in the area of East Bolden. There's a greyhound track that is still there and was probably there in the 70s. It's a wooded area and there are many different paths that are considered off the beaten track. Uh, the 72-year-old man was walking along the bridle path and he came across what he thought at the time was just dummies. You know, shop shop dummies, maybe trash that have, that have just been discarded. Upon closer inspection, he realised that no, these were the bodies of two young girls. 
So he rushed to the nearest house. He knocked on and he told whoever was inside what he had found and that he needed to use the phone and he suspected that the bodies were that of the two girls that had went missing the previous night. You see, after an hour or so had gone by, both Amber and Jane's mother decided to call the police. They were worried. It shouldn't have took their kids as long as it had took them and they knew that something was wrong and something had happened. And on that night, there was a search, a big search by police and people in the local area. Word spread like wildfire and everybody was looking for these two kids. I know this story because of my parents. They still say that it is one of the worst and tragic stories that is true, that has happened in our local area. It was determined that both the girls had died due to strangulation and both had been sexually assaulted. This was a heinous crime. Both the girls received injuries to their face, torso, hands and legs, inflicted by a car tool, most likely a wrench. Tony Briggs was apprehended. You see, Tony's mother worked at the fish and chip shop where the two girls went, and Tony was going to pick his mother up once her shift had finished. He had said that even though I don't have tax on my car, if the weather is terrible, I will come and pick you up. Don't worry about it, Mum. He didn't. He didn't because, well... He was an opportunist, and he saw those two girls, and he decided to act. Was it premeditated? To some degree, I believe so. I believe he was looking and waiting for an opportunity. He had probably visualised doing this many times, and once he saw two girls by themselves at the age of 11, he knew, I'm going to do this. On the police reports, it puts Tony's apprehension down to Stella investigating. Well, I'm not saying that that is false. I'm just saying that word on the grapevine, not just from my parents, but from quite a few different people that I've spoke to, Tony was essentially handed in by his mother, who caught him burning his clothes. When questioned about it, Tony broke down and started crying, just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mum. Later, Tony would disclose that the injuries to the girl's face and torso were done out of anger once the girls were deceased. He got a tool from his car and proceeded to hit their dead bodies, essentially frustrated that they had been out that night, that they just happened to be going about their business and that he could not control himself. The assault and killing of the two girls took place in Tony's car. That is what is on the police report, at least. However, there are, again, fragments of information that I will disclose, but I cannot guarantee them to be 100% the truth. You see, back in the early 70s, my dad worked as a baker and his work colleague, Dolly, was dating an officer. Now, this officer was there once the call had came in that the two girls were not home. He was there from the start to the finish. Basically, he was there when the bodies were retrieved. He was there when Briggs was apprehended and right through to the prosecution. And he disclosed to Dolly that there was also a bungalow that Briggs had taken the two girls to. Now, this is the chilling part. The officer said, I don't know what he did to those bands, and I dare not imagine. But once we walked into the house to the back bedroom, 
Floor to ceiling, walls were covered, covered in blood. The blood spatter was savage. And I cannot fully imagine the terror that the two girls went through before their end. It is sad that those girls would have had a false sense of security and safeness once getting in the car with Briggs, knowing that he is a neighbour, a friend, he knows their dad and he's just going to get them home really quick. I can't imagine the point as to when it turned and they started screaming. That is what is truly heartbreaking, tragic and terrifying. Briggs was a monster and an opportunist. This is me speaking freely, but I do not believe that this was Briggs's first crime. So far, I have not been able to find out if Briggs is still in prison, or is in fact still alive in prison, or if he has been released. I certainly hope that he is in hell. Thank you for listening, guys. It's been creepy. I appreciate it.